0: Psalm 14, if you can turn to Psalm 14 in your Bibles, we want to take a look at that. Uh, I love uh, what we just experienced, because if you look at the top of what it says by Psalm 14, it says, for the director of music, right? Psalms are made to be sung, and in David's day, it was sung in his way. In our day, we just heard how this psalm would be sung in our day. These are words uh, to us, his people. Let me read them. And let us read those uh, together. Psalm 14. The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. But there they are overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When the the Lord restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There is no doubt that uh, everyone loves a good, a good showdown. I do. Maybe it's the, uh, the, the Yankees versus the Dodgers. Uh, maybe it's uh, Whoopi taking on Roseanne. Maybe it's uh, Chick-fil-A going at it with Popeyes. Maybe it's the Detroit Lions taking on the Kenowa JV team. <laughs> Everyone loves a good showdown. And what we have here in this Bible passage is what I believe is a great showdown. We have a couple of participants, and the first participant is right there in the first words. It says, the fool. That's our first participant in this showdown. We have the fool Now normally when we think of fool, we usually go right to the head, don't we? Because we think of somebody who's not thinking straight. We think somebody who's making uh, silly decisions or they're they're just not all that brilliant and they're making uh, uh, dumb uh, conclusions about life. And we think about it being uh, in the mind. But what we need to realize here is David is talking about this and in the Hebrew understanding, the fool was not so much intellectual as it was moral. Because where does David place... The foolishness for this fool. The fool says in his what? Heart. The fool says in his heart. In the heart. It made that what his thinking made its way into the heart. The heart is the seat of the emotions. The heart is what directs activities. The, The heart is where the emotions come from. The heart is where all of life is driven from. And so the fool says in his heart, it's his actions, it's how he lives it out. The things that he says, the things that he does, the way he behaves. We just watch him because his heart, which is driving his life, shows that he is foolish because he says one simple thing, there is no God. Actually, in the Hebrew, the phrase goes, no God, his heart the fool. No God. And because there is no God, that's my conclusion of life. That means the way that I act and the way that I interact with the world means everything is open to me. It's free to do whatever I whatever I choose, whatever I want, whatever I think is in my best interest. Whatever I want, if I want to eat, drink, and be merry, I will just do that because there is no God. And that's how the fool lives. And notice how they describe this fool. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. That word corrupt means to, um, to, to like sour, to, to spoil. I think back to when I was in, in high school, uh, not so long ago. Uh, and uh, in that day and age... Back in that day, we had, we had locker partners. And my locker partner was Dave Pearson, who I had as a partner for three years. And uh, uh, what, we would, what would happen with Dave and I is that often on Monday morning, we would show up to our locker, and uh, we, I would open up a locker, and this rank smell would just come out of the locker. It would just, just take over, because somehow in the week before, whether it was Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, whatever day it was, Dave forgot to eat his lunch. Dave left it in the bottom of the locker. Dave left it in the bottom of the locker underneath our shoes and our boots and that kind of thing. And so by Monday morning, after it had fermented all weekend, there was quite an odor that came out of there. And everybody around could smell the odor, including Carol Cayley, the cheerleader, who had the locker next to us. And she would be, oh, you guys, you're so gross. And there's Dave, because of Dave, now I'm gross and I have no chance with the cheerleader. Otherwise, otherwise, my history might have been different. Instead, I got a beautiful woman from the band. That's right. That's right. The smell just took over. The smell just radiated out. And and that's what David is saying the fool does. Because of the way they act, they are corrupt and their deeds are vile. And everywhere they go, their sin is just affecting everything. It's just infiltrating everything. It's just destroying everything. And don't we see that in the world around us? We see that as, as people say there's no God and I can live out my sexuality any way I want. And we see the countless thousands and millions of babies that have been aborted, how that, that, that took over. We see what's going on and how our, our school systems have, have, have just kind of broken down because they said well, there's no God in there and, the, and everybody can choose to do what they want and behave the way that they want and everybody has their own rights. And we see that the, the, our children are being uh, 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 infected By the sin, we see the very fabric of our society as we are now uh, uh, saying, I can believe what you believe, what you want. I don't have to control my anger. And we're fighting at each other. We can just look across our country and in our world and we can see these effects of sin just just corrupting and being vile. That word vile is a word that God used four times uh, in reference to the world in Noah's day. A world that was so bad that God said, i got to destroy it. That's how bad it is. This is what the fool does. They're corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There's no one who does good. In verse 4 it says, they devour my people as eating bread. Think about that. Just like eating bread. And that day, that's that, they did that every day, right? Jesus taught people to pray, give us this day our daily bread, because bread was your, your staple of life. You did that every day. I gotta eat bread, I gotta eat bread. So just as I would casually sit down and eat bread, they're devouring people. Just as casually as I continue to drink a cup of coffee, just as casually as I get up and I text people every day, I don't even think about it. It just happens. In the fool because they're saying there is no God and because they're living according to their ways and their wants and their desires and according to the, the nature of the world, the result is that they, are, that they are corrupting the world, they're vile in the world, and they're destroying the world and the people around them day in and day out. There it is. That's the fool. That's one of the, the champions in this battle, the fool's. On the other side would be the righteous, I would say. Because what Mark's the fool, we see here in this passage, the fool says um, that they devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. I find that interesting because what's what's worse than destroying people? In our day and age, we would say that's the worst thing you could do, right? That I kill people, that I destroy people. But what they said here, what's worse than destroying and taking and killing lives and devouring people? They never sought God. How about that for a standard? They never sought God. And so the fools who are over here never seek God. And we talked about what they do. But the righteous are over here. And the righteous are those who do seek God. The righteous are those who say, I'm not living according to my will and my ways. In my heart, I'm living according to God's will and God's ways and God's purposes. That's who I am. And I'm going to, to live as a child of the king and respond to God's kingdom and live in his kingdom ways. That's me. I'm going to live in the righteous way. And so we have the fool versus the righteous in this battle. But there's somebody else in, the, in this showdown. It's God. Look at verse 2. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. God is looking down. Again, uh, those same, the same words were used when God looked down as I, in Noah's day, when God looked down on the Tower of Babel, when God looked down on Sodom and Gomorrah. This tells us that our Lord is alive and active. Our God is present. He's seeing what's happening in his world. He's not apart and distant from it. As we learn in Psalm 121, it says our God never sleeps. Our God never slumbers. He's there. He's looking down on his world, and he's looking to see, are there people who seek me? The fools do not seek me. The righteous do seek me. And God is looking down to see who is in what camp and who is on what side. It reminds me of uh, watching, you know, a tennis match when, when uh, you got the judge up in his chair looking down on the match. Or, or they go in the football game, they go to the booth up above to see what the official there has seen on the play. Here is God looking down as judge. As judge, to see who in their heart does not seek him or does seek him in this showdown. So we have the participants and we have the judge. And God is the judge. He looks down on this showdown to see who seeks me. And this is what God sees. He says, I'm going to see if there's any who understand, any who seek God. And look at verse 3. All have turned away, all have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. All, all, not even one. Now, wait just a minute. Clearly, the judge is mistaken, God. Clearly, Mr. Referee, you don't know what's going on because I am not over here, right? Because according to this, this gets pretty inclusive. God is saying, I'm not in the righteous. God is saying me. God is saying you. We're over here. I'm not over there. Those are the ones who say in their heart there is no God. That's for the vile. That's for those who corrupt. That's for the rapists. That's for the murderers. That's for the oppressors. That's for sinners. And I'm not over there. I'm clearly in the righteous. You guys know me. Clearly, I'm in the righteous. But this is getting personal, isn't it? God says all, 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 not even one is over here. They're all over there. Come on, ref, what's wrong with you? Can't you see? Are you messed up, God? Do you need glasses? I'm over here. But in God's eyes, all, all, not even one, everyone's over here. That's the same language the Apostle Paul uses in Romans chapter 3. If you want to look there in Romans chapter 3. In fact, this psalm is quoted by Paul in Romans 3. Paul starts in Romans 3.9. He says, what shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Because we're church people, right? We're good people. We're believers. Do we, do we have any advantage as church people? No, not at all. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. All, all, no one, everybody, Jews, Gentiles, were all under the power of sin. And then he quotes this psalm, part of this psalm down there. And we look at verse 23. He says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In God's eyes, as he looks down, and he looks at our hearts, we are all, all, everyone, a fool. Well, that's a bummer, isn't it? Hey, what do we do with that? There I am. I'm a fool. In God's eyes, I'm not seeking him. This probably gets us to the, the heart behind David in verse 7. When David in verse 7 he says, Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. Oh, that salvation would come out of Zion. Does this situation make you Call out those same words. I'm stuck over here. I'm the fool. And God's eyes, this is where I am. And what's the only thing that I can do? Turn to God. Turn, what's Zion? Zion is the mount in, in Israel, it's the mount where the temple of God is, it's the mount where the presence of God was. And David is saying, We can do nothing because we're stuck here as fools. Because since the beginning, since Adam sinned, our nature is one of sin. We're born into sin. We are born as people who do not seek after God, but we seek after our own wants, our own desires, our own ways. That's all of us. And there we are, and there's nothing that we can do to get out of that. So the only choice we have to say, oh, that salvation would come out of Zion. God, the judge... Will you come and rescue me? That's the passion in David's heart. Have you ever called out to God in that way? Have you recognized where you've been? Because that leaves us only in one, one place to go, and that's to turn towards God and say, oh, that salvation would come out of Zion. And people, what's the good news? Did God answer that? Yes, he did. yes. Yes, he did. He sent Jesus Christ. God sent his only Son into the world, and he made him who was without sin to be sin so that we who were sin could be considered righteousness. Do you get that exchange? That God is just, he's the judge. There's no one who seeks me. All need to be punished, all are fools, and they need to be taken care of. All are there. But God, in his mercy, said, no, I I will take the punishment. I will send my son and I will take the punishment. He's perfect. He will take the punishment for you so that you now can have the spirit of Jesus Christ living in you and that you can have the ability to seek after God and you can have the ability to say no to sin and you can have the presence of Jesus making you holy and righteous within you. God said, I will do that. God answered David's plea. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. That's the only way we end up being over here in the righteous, what we would call the company of the righteous. Are you there today? Let's let's just ask that question straight up today, right? Are you in the company of the righteous today? Have you recognized the depths of your sin? And have you said to God, God, I am a fool? And there's no other way, God, for me to escape being a fool except to turn my life to you and call on the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Have you made that decision? If not right now, I just encourage you just quietly and humbly come before God and say, God, I'm tired of being a fool. God, I'm tired of living my way. God, I'm tired of living for myself. And God, I want to be in the company of the righteous. And we bring, let Jesus come into my heart. Because that is how we are changed. Paul says that in Romans chapter 3 as we look back there again. Paul says in Romans chapter 3, he says, This righteousness in verse 22 322 this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe there it is verse 25 god presented jesus as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith today right now in this moment through faith believing in jesus christ you can no longer be in a position where god looks down on you and says you are a fool But instead, you are my righteous. Have you made that decision today? It's the only decision that matters that you make. is whether you are a fool or you are righteous. Because our God, yes, he's loving. But our God, as the scripture points out here and many other places, is also a judge. And our God will look down on us. And, and Jesus told us that when the day comes, it says that our God will separate his people. He will separate them as a shepherd does, the sheep from the goats. And he will say to the sheep, come to me, all you who are righteous, and inherit eternal life. But he will say to the goats, the fools, away from me, cursed are you to damnation. That's strong words. We don't like that in our world today. We soft-pedal God. And let's not mistake that we have a loving God and that we have a patient God. We have a God that is giving us more and more time. And just because we don't get blasted every time we sin, just because a lightning bolt doesn't strike us down like it probably should because we've sinned against God, just because that doesn't happen, let's not take advantage of God's perseverance and God's patience. Let's know that one day, the day will come when God will separate the two, the fools from the righteous. And notice where God stands. It says, God is present in verse 5, In the company of the righteous. There's no question. That's where God stands. And the only way I can be in the company of the righteous is if I have faith in Jesus Christ and He is covering me with His perfection and His sinlessness. God is standing in the company of the righteous. And what I love is on that day, even though the fools think while they're living about this life and it looks like they're, 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 uh, they're corrupting, and they're vile, and, and they're destroying, and they're destructive. And, and sometimes it does, doesn't it? It looks like, my goodness, I'm over here in the company of the righteous, and I'm losing, right? I'm losing. It looks like the evil is winning. It looks like the world is heading more and more away from God. It looks like people are turning more and more away from God. It seems like there's more brokenness. It seems like there's more hurt. It seems like there's more pain. And when it seems like we're losing, notice what happens here in this verse. Verse 5 says, what does it start with? But. But. Because who are we? We're but people, right? We're but people, Look at it again and again in the scriptures because that word means everything gets reversed. It seems like it's going this way, but things turn around because that's our God. And that's what our God does. And in this little situation where it seems like the fools are winning, when the end comes and God is standing in the company of the righteous, what happens to the fools? They are overwhelmed with dread. I like that. They're gonna get it, because we're the victors. We're the victors. How sweet that is, and we need to remember that. Because our Christianity and our belief is not just that I now have to walk the, this, this path of righteousness. That's not all that Christianity is about. Christianity tells me that I have hope that in the end, I am on the victorious side. When I stand in the company of the righteous, this unstoppable, holy, and almighty God is standing there right with me because our God has brought his salvation to me, and God has restored me, and he has restored me, and it calls us to rejoice and to be glad. That's our posture in this world. I'm in the company of the righteous. And I live each and every day rejoicing in my glad because no matter what the fools are doing, I win the victory. And so friends, I want to come back to that question again. If you have to look at your life, I'm not saying what's going on here in your head. Because you may be here today and go, oh yeah, I believe in God. I'm sitting here in church, right? I believe in God. Yes, I believe. But that's not where we believe. it. It's in our hearts. It's coming back to the heart. What do the actions of your life show? What does is, what is the behavior of your life demonstrate? What does the rhythm of your life indicate? Does it indicate that you are sold out and living in the company of the righteous? Or does it show that you are saying, no God, no God, how about the fun you had this weekend? Does it say I'm in the company of the righteous or does it say no God? How about the way that you choose to use your money? and spend the resources, does it say, it's all mine, it's all mine, or does it, and you're saying, no God, no God there. What about the way that uh, uh, you use the gift that God has given you of sexuality? How about that? Are you saving that gift for the way that God intended or are you saying, no God, I can just do whatever I want and however I want. Are you saying, no God? What about the way maybe we, we turn a blind eye to those at our borders and those who are oppressed and those who are living without? We go, oh, uh, no God, because the God of God would do something. Do you live as if a fool saying no God? Or are you standing in the company of the righteous where you actually love the Lord your God with all your heart? and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength.